Hey everyone, welcome to the Cattleman You Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K-Rose Company and Cattleman You. Through our conversations here, we share the latest ideas and techniques to help you start, improve, and expand your farmer ranch. Join us as we visit with industry experts and cattle producers to get honest ins and outs of beef production. We'll dive into topics such as cattle handling, nutrition, cattle markets, genetics, and so much more. We encourage everyone who's involved in the industry to listen. Let's dive in. I'm excited to have Nick join us today on the Cattleman You podcast. Nick is with Land Trust. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Caroline. Why don't we start off with you just telling me a little bit about your background and then the background of Land Trust and how it came to be. Sure. I was uh, you know, reading through your guys' website before. Uh, I definitely am not a cattleman, but I do work with a lot of them around the country. So I'm Nick DeCastro. I'm the founder and CEO of Land Trust. We're based here in Bozeman. Essentially, what we do is we work with producers to generate profitable income from a resource that sits underneath their feet every day, which is their land. And we do that through connecting them with outdoor recreation. So things like hunting and fishing and bird watching and a bunch of other activities. My background, I grew up on the beach surfing, hunting, fishing, spearfishing, doing all that fun stuff. And I went to college out on the East Coast and then spent about a decade in early stage technology startups, uh, living in kind of big cities. And I was a sales guy and, you know, I traveled, uh, traveled around the country and a bit of the world doing that job, but then kind of found myself wanting to get back to the outdoors and close to things that I'm passionate about. So I was in uh, Colorado and then I moved up here to Bozeman in 2016, I think. So kind of before Bozeman, I mean, it was blowing up, but not like it yeah. is today. Yeah, it's definitely accelerated in the last, I don't know, two years, I'd say. I mean, obviously the pandemic and then, of course, the Yellowstone show have not helped help that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So Lantrust not only works with ranches in Montana, but other states as well? Correct. Yep. So we work with farmers and ranchers uh, and other types of private landowners, but we really do focus on production agriculture, primarily owner operators. So yes, we're in 30 states or so right now. So we have about a million acres on the platform. We've launched three states. So we're based here in Montana. Obviously, we're, you know, we've launched Montana, uh, Nebraska, and Kansas are the states we've launched to date. We're in the process of kicking off North Dakota and Oklahoma as well. And so we'll be moving kind of eastward. So predominantly, we are very ranch heavy right now, but we're moving more into the row crop states as well. Okay, so talk a little bit about the process. You find a ranch that's interested and then kind of how does the setup go? How do yeah. you know the hunters or fishermen find it? All of Sure. That. Just from a product perspective uh, for your listeners, you can think about us. We're a website. So the outdoor recreators, they come to us at landtrust.com. They can search by state, by species, by activity, or even by ranch name. So if, if they know they want to go out and fish on this, you know, Sits Angus, they'll type in Sits and you can see them pop up or something like that, right? So for an interested rancher, uh, whether they hear about us through the Farm Bureau, we are Farm Bureau uh, member benefit in uh, a bunch of states, or through other types of media podcasts like yours, whatever. Um, so if they become interested, usually we'll do a, a phone call with them first, just to get a background and kind of who they are, what their operations like, you know, what they're interested in. But in our states that we have an active presence in, as I mentioned just a minute ago, Montana, Nebraska, Kansas, in Oklahoma, we have people that we hire in market, so boots on the ground basically. So if you know, after that initial quick phone call, we call those folks on the ground in those markets landowner success managers, and their job titles 
are very descriptive. Their whole job is to make landers successful because as a business, we don't make any money unless our landers do. So we don't charge you anything. There's no upfront fee or anything like that. We are purely performance-based. So we only make money when you get bookings and we take a percentage of those bookings. So those landowner success managers will go out and visit. So they'll drive out to your place. They'll sit down with you. Often, you know, uh, our landowners will take them around the place. We'll take photos, learn more about the operation, the do's and don'ts, all that kind of stuff. They'll also kind of basically give you a feeling of what you could be earning on Land Trust Platform with the different types of activities that you might want to offer. We're very service oriented. You know, technically we are a technology company, but you'll never hear me or our team talk about us like that. We're we're a business partner. You know, this is really it is a partnership. We make no money, we don't exist without our landowners, and we don't sell them anything. It's in our best interest to make sure that your property and the stuff that you offer, the activities that you offer on it are optimized and marketable, so to speak. So once that happens and landowners say, Yeah, we want to do it. Great. We have a uh, here at, at our headquarters, we've got what we call landowner onboarding specialist. So he'll build everything for you. You don't have to worry about building your, you know, your land trust listings. We get all the photos, we do the copy, we, you know, build the packages, all that stuff. And we know that producers are very busy people and we don't want to put one more thing on their plate. So we'll build everything for them. And then essentially what happens is we'll find a 15 to 30 minute time slot to basically show you the listing that we've built. It's a draft. It's not live. Walk through it, show you how to use it super easy, and then go live after that. What we see now is we're pretty much going from a lander who says, hey, I'm interested, and we do a, a, a ranch visit or a farm visit, to going live in like a week. So again, that's because we take on all the hard work, and then we can see bookings start happening. We've seen them happen same day. So we've had multi-thousand dollar bookings come in like the same day or the same week as you know a, a landowner's property comes live. Yeah, I think the first time, I mean, I had heard of Land Trust, but the first time that it really caught my attention was you signed a ranch in Ekalaka called the Rose Ranch. That's my childhood best friend. So she's oh, in my no wedding. Yeah. That's coming up. And it's confusing because my last name's Rose, but we have no right. <laughs> relation. And one of my distinct memories, core memories growing up is they used to have kind of a dude ranch. So people would come in mm. from foreign countries. And there was this family, I think from Switzerland or some, they're probably going to listen to this and laugh, but <laughs> the kids all had an extra toe and we Whoa. had to be like seven, six or seven or eight maybe. And that is a core memory of mine is this family coming for a week to spend in Nicolac, Montana and just yep. experience the ranch. And I don't yep. know why I remember they all had an extra toe, but when I saw you sign those guys and I kind of know what they have as their operation, my grandpa's been hunting out there for years. Yeah, It was really cool to me because in Ikalaka, you got to have something that brings you there. And it's not a place on the map that a lot of people find if they don't know, of course, if they know the hunting and the opportunities, they're probably right. looking it up. But it just was really cool to see you guys take a place that not very many people know and kind of put a, a way to connect with the people who are searching for those activities. And that community, I mean, Ekalaka, I mean, we've got actually quite a bit of uh, presence in Ekalaka now, probably 100,000 acres or so. It's it's a little hot, hot spot for us. And there there is no real... Again, unless you know, there's no reason you'd be looking for Ekalaka. And there's not really um, a lot of services there. So if you don't have, if you're not connecting with the ranch and being able to, you know, connect with those landowners and be able to stay on their place, like it's not like there's 20 hotels or motels in town or anything like that. So, and that's a big part of 
what from an ethos perspective, like we exist to see that owner operator, multi-generation farm and ranch continue to thrive and the communities that they're in. So when we, you know, when people are using land trust on the, on the sportsman side and they're booking, you know, hunting or other types of activities out on ranches, uh, you know, in that community, they're not just going to that ranch. They're going to go into town. They're going to, you know, eat at the diner and, you know, have beers at the bar or whatever, right? They're going to be driving revenue into those communities too. So we're really passionate about seeing these multi-generation operations be able to be profitable because for all the talk of sustainability in all these different circles, there is no sustainability without profitability. If you can't make your operation profitable, we're, I don't know why we're talking about anything else. And so we're passionate about driving that profitability of the operation, but also of those communities by bringing people into them. And then at a higher level, just kind of reconnecting the non-producers. There's like 99% of us, myself included, who are not producers and getting them back in touch with these people who are growing all of our food, fuel, and fiber. And I think that is the best way to kind of fight a lot of the BS that, you know, we hear out in the media in the world today of, you know, farmers and ranchers are killing the planet and all this stuff. You go out to these places and you see how beautiful it is, how, how well they take care of their animals, all of that, and meet the families. And they've been doing it, oh, for 100 years or 150 years. That seems pretty sustainable to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's amazing because I think as a multi-generation rancher, your plan, you're thinking about your grandkids. And I oftentimes don't think that we make that connection. And it's a little different than other businesses. You know, the person who owns the car wash, I'm not sure they're thinking about what the car wash is going to be like when their grandkids are involved. But on ranches, we absolutely do that. Yep. And that's, I mean, to me, that is the heart of sustainability. Uh, Not in the way that it's thrown around. That word means almost nothing at this point, but it's thrown around so much. But it's so ironic that the one type of business operation that is sustainable because they think of their grandkids running this place is the one that's pointed to as like, you guys are doing a bad job. But I think you're totally right. Almost no other business thinks about what is this going to look like in two generations from now? Have you taken a deep dive into what it takes to run a kettle operation like a business? Can you feel lost when it comes to financial terminology and understanding the kettle market? Well, you're not alone. Kettleman U has created the Kettleman U Profit Finder focused on understanding your operation as business. This six-part series will give you access to speakers like Shaley Stewart that help you gain confidence in all things business and markets. Join the waitlist today at kettlemanulive.com slash profit finder. So what are some of the trends you're seeing on the opposite side? Kind of what are the people looking for recreation wise? Yeah. Kind of what are the top areas there? Yeah, good, a good question. So when I started the company, I started around hunting. Hunting is one activity in the outdoors, as we all know. So uh, that's where we started. It's still a very, it's kind of the core of the business today. But, you know, we do have people booking fishing and bird watching and, you know, other things. People have been booking like calving experiences to, you know, bring their kids out to watch, you know, ranchers calve cattle. So, you know, hunting is definitely the primary activity where you're going to see a lot more income uh, opportunity today. Montana, you know, I don't know, uh, is your listenership kind of all over the country? Yeah, but definitely heavy in Montana. Okay. Yeah. So it's not news to anybody that they know that there's a lot of value in hunting on private lands. Montana is like a bucket list state for a lot of people, but it's not just about elk. You know, obviously elk is like where everyone's brain goes to in Montana, but I mean, we have a lot of people looking for bird hunting of all types and whitetail hunting and mule deer. And, you know, so it's not just elk. Elk is great. And if 
you've got them, you already know that that's very valuable. But that's been a uh, you know kind of the big activity that drives a lot of revenue. You know, if you do have fishing resources, we are seeing more and more of that happening too. Because guess what? You know, if you're someone who loves the hunt, you probably like to fish too. So that audience that we attract for that initial activity that we started with of hunting, those people like to do other things. We have people booking um, mushroom foraging and shed hunting and, you know, a lot of other things too. And we'll go and develop those products, so to speak, as we continue to grow. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. What we try to impress upon our landowner partners is that you have an amazing asset that there's a lot of different user groups who place a lot of value on having access to for the things that they're passionate about, whether it be hunting or fishing or birdwatching or RVs or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think hunting is where we immediately go, but the experience of a ranch is what a lot of people want. And it's hard to get the experience of a working ranch when it's not actually a working ranch. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's a good point. So we do right now have um, a category called farm and ranch experiences. We have yet to really, like, we're still learning about that. So uh, it's our job as a business partner to our landowners to go and develop these new opportunities for income opportunity. So I think farm and ranch experiences will be probably the biggest category as this business matures, which really can be a lot, it could be anything almost. I mean, if you're in row crop, it could be, you know, planting or harvesting experiences. It could be, we have people listing regenerative chicken farm tours, um, calving experiences, branding experiences. So it's really just like what you were talking about with your best friend, hey, come out and see what we do. Like, here's what, here's what we do on a ranch. Here's the chores that we do. Here's how we run things. And here's why. And I think that because of today's cultural imperatives, people are really wanting to learn more about their food, where it comes from. And it always makes, you know, our, our landowners kind of laugh, like, why would somebody want to come out and follow me around and, while I do my chores? But I always try to stress, like, you have to understand this is every day to you, but they've never been, ex- they've never had this experience. They've never seen any of this stuff. And I do think that the more and more we can facilitate these interactions between non-producers and producers, the more understanding there will be. And the harder it will be for, like like I said, that kind of BS that we see in the media about farmers and ranchers. You know, if you've had that experience on that ranch and you've met that family and then you see like a Netflix documentary, you're like, yeah, that doesn't ring true because I've actually like gone out and seen these places and I've met these people. That doesn't seem like anything I've seen before. Yeah, um, I follow Big Sky Caroline, and she's kind of local to our area. And she said something on Instagram a while back, but she said, I kept waiting when she first moved to Montana or was out here with her first experience. She's like, I kept waiting to find the bad ranchers. Like every ranch I ran into, I was like, oh, they're the exception. They're the exception. And she kept saying like, I I wanted, I was waiting to run into the people. And of course, this is not verbatim, but waiting to run into them the people she had been told about or that the media talks about. Yeah. Just like, yeah. You know, being terrible to the animals and terrible to the land and all that stuff. You just don't see it. And she said, I never ran into it. Like I kept waiting and I was like, where are all these places that people are talking about? And so I think getting consumers onto ranches in a facilitated matter, I think there's fear of inviting people out because we have seen so many negative things and undercover cameras and all of that. And you never know. Nowadays, you can tweak media any way you want, right? We know that. But to me, there is some security when it's a facilitated and it feels like someone else is on your team. And that's what it feels like you're doing to ranches is kind of saying, I'll help that these people, you know, I'm sure the people who the users on your site, if they get a bad report or something, they're probably going to, you have some system, I'm sure. But I think 
allowing that vetting process yes. gives some security to these landowners. Yeah. And I think it's probably good here to touch on what that actually functionally looks like. So let's start with, uh, so once you're a landowner and you've, you've listed on the site, so anybody who's a user, uh, you know, who would be a guest of yours. So first of all, they accept our terms of service. In the terms of service, they hold you harmless. So they're indemnifying you as a landowner. They're acknowledging that they can't record you and use those things for, you know, kind of like what you mentioned, the horror story of, you know, someone taking a recording and taking it out of context. So they're acknowledging they can't do any of that. They can't use any of that stuff. Then they're doing ID verification. So before they could ever make an inquiry with you, they have to upload a picture of their driver's license or passport, take a selfie. We use a third party to kind of do all that tech stuff. So we're... You, you, you are not anonymous. We know exactly who you are and we've verified that that's a real ID and all that stuff. And then you're getting into, okay, cool. They're making an inquiry with you. So no one can just book your place. It's not like Expedia when you book a hotel and it's like, it's $199 a night, book it. So no, everything is a request. So they make an inquiry, tell, the, tell you a little bit about themselves. You know, if they've gone on prior trips with land trust, they'll have ratings that you can read from other landowners. So, you know, this is a five-star guest and here's, you know, five of their reviews from other landowners. So you feel good about that, right? And you can talk to them on the phone. You can, you know, you can feel them out however you prefer. You can just message through our platform and, you know, you get text messages on your phone. It's really simple. Or you can talk to them on the phone. A lot of our landowners like to do it because they're out and about and just, it's easy. And they can kind of get a feel for people. And then if you like them, they can book. So they can make a booking request. It's 100% of that, uh, whatever your price is. So let's just say you've got, hey, I've got a five-day elk hunting package for archery elk, uh, and it's five grand. That person will make a booking request for five grand. We capture it on their credit card instantly up front as soon as you accept it. And then we hold it in escrow until that trip happens. So that escrow is to keep both, you know, both parties honest. So you don't want people taking advantage on either side. And then as soon as that trip happens, it's direct deposited into your bank account. So there's no checks. There's no trying to chase people down for paint. It's just we capture it up front. We have it and we'll put it in your bank account. And so, and you can decline booking requests for whatever reason you want. The thing that we, I think is spoken so well to our landowners is one, you maintain control. Pretty much every other person that knocks on a producer's door, on a rancher's door, is either asking them for money or control. So we ask for neither of those things. We bring money. Here's an opportunity. And you keep all the control. You know, I know you mentioned earlier, hey, my grandpa's hunted here or we hunt on our place. That doesn't preclude you from listing with land trust. So maybe your family just likes to hunt mule deer or they just like to hunt pheasants, but you've got whitetail and you've got all these other things going on. The beauty of land trust versus what used to be is like traditional leases is that you can still block out dates for yourself or your friends or your family or your neighbors or whatever, your business partners and say, hey, they're coming out that week of Thanksgiving, but we can then book hunts for or hunts or fishing trips or whatever else throughout the year. And so, you know, whereas a lease, you sold away a property right for a period of time. With us, you maintain all of your, you know, all of your property rights. You maintain 100% control and you pick and choose what you want to do and when and how and how much. Yeah, it feels very smart to Airbnb. And I don't want yep. to say that like in a negative way. No, but that's no just it's, a, it's a very easy analogy, right? Yeah, people seem yeah. familiar with it. It's like if you start to get bad reviews, people are not going to accept your bookings. And it's the same with Airbnb. Like you got to be really cautious of following the rules. At least I am because I'm like, I of want the reviews. So I have options. And that seems to be an analogy that if people are not familiar with land trust yet. Yep. It's a marketplace just like an Airbnb or a VRBO, but it's just for private lands access for outdoor recreation. And what I would like to say is we have a 99% five-star rating from our landowners to our guests. 
And it's funny when I was starting this business out, people were like, nobody's ever, no landowner, no rancher, no farmer's ever going to do this because there's been so many bad interactions in the past. But because of the way we've built this, look, my perspective is a lot of the negative interactions in the past from specifically hunters with landowners is there's a couple of reasons. One, you know, they're just showing up at your place most of the time, right? It's like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you know, someone's knocking on your door, it's a stranger, you're busy, you've got your family. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So there's already tension there. Like, uh, what's this guy doing out here? So there's that. But I think it really boiled down to anonymity. So the person knocking on your door is anonymous to you. You don't know who they are. And look, nine out of 10 are probably good people, but it takes that one person to do something bad, to leave gates or rut something or, or worse. And you have no recourse as a landowner. You don't know who that person is. You don't have anything about them. And I, that anonymity is what I believe led to a lot of bad behavior. And so we stripped that away, right? ID verification and tying ratings from landowners to your actual true identity. And so when you have transparency like that, you strip away the anonymity, people act a lot better. And also, frankly, when someone pays you for something, they place value on it. Let's just call a spade a spade here. You know, oh, I'll come help you, you know, bail hay or fix fence. First of all, no, you probably won't. Second of all, hey, I'll be big enough to admit it. I'd be more of, of a pain in the ass to have try to come teach me how to fix fence than it's worth. So why don't I just you pay you your price? Yeah. Totally, right? I, I would not be very useful in that scenario. So why don't you just tell me what you'd like to get paid and I'll pay your price. And it's a much cleaner transaction without the, this guy's never going to show up. Or if he shows up, he's going to be, it's going to be worse than having him not be here. I think the cup, a couple of those dynamics have really made these interactions. Landers love it. Um, they've really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And to me also, you can really control your schedule. Like it feels yes. like a lot of pressure when someone drives down your driveway. We totally we don't even own a big place and people drive down our driveway. And I'm like, we have cows here. You cannot shoot anything. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. You would shoot a cow. And uh, it's this weird pressure because you you feel like even if you say no, they might just yeah. drive down the road and enter anyways. But yeah. you might have said no because you have a wedding coming that day or whatever the scenario may yeah, be. Like, totally. You just yeah. can't have them. And so I like that control aspect of the schedule. And that really helps you block out days you want it. And it's like very black and white, we're either available or we're not. Well, and that's one of those things that uh, our landers have really enjoyed too, is they can just say, Hey, it's on land trust. We do this through here if the dates are open. So they don't have to say no. Right. And they don't have to say you have to pay me just like it's on land trust, you know, look us up. Here's our ranch name. If the dates are available, you can see our prices. If they're available, book it. Awesome. We'll have you out. And you know, if you accept it, of course, and even we've had people start to have their friends and family book through it. But here's the, here's the caveat there. You can do what's called a special offer. So someone makes an inquiry with you. Let's just say it's your uncle or something. Hey, it's Thanksgiving. I want to come out and hunt. Hey, okay, go to our land trust thing and make an inquiry with me. I'll give it to you for five bucks. But by doing this, one, you're blocking my calendar out so I don't double book something. And you know we don't have to try to keep it in our head or on the calendar, on the fridge or something like that. And two, you're covered under our insurance program. If something did happen to Uncle Rick or whatever, breaks his leg, something, you know, you're covered under that um, from that perspective too. So even friends and family and, and neighbors and stuff, we're, we're seeing our lenders have them book through land trust for calendar management and for insurance coverage. Yeah, absolutely. That's fascinating. So if we have landowners who are listening, who are interested, let's talk about that piece. And then also if we have people who are interested in, you know, using the services to come out and book something, let's talk sure. about both options. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if landowners are interested, a lot of the information we're talking about right now, so if you go to landtrust.com, there's a, you know, on the, the top of it, there's a big button called for landowners. And so that has a lot of the things that we're talking about here. So it'll run you through a bunch of that. We're real people. This is not like some big technology company. We have human beings that talk to you on the phone. And like I said, they'll come out and visit you. Uh, in Montana, it'll be Chris. Chris is our landowner success manager here. You know, you can give us a call. You can, you can, there's a form you can fill out and we'll call you. Or if you want to, you can just, you know, pick up the phone and call or text us. That number is on that page at the bottom, but it's 406 709 8450. So if you call that number, a real human being will pick up the phone and talk to you, uh, which is, you know, unique in these days and these times. And like I said, we'll, we'll chat with you, we'll have a quick conversation. If it sounds like something you want to have in your Montana, you want to have Chris come out and come out to your place, sit down with you, do the whole thing with you there. And then on the, you know, on the sportsman side, we have a ton of people in Montana and from around the country who's land trust to, to book hunts and fishing and all the other type of stuff. So it's the same phone number. You would call that same phone number, or you can go to our website and just, you know, you don't have to talk to us. You can go to the website, you know, look up whatever you're looking for, whether it's hunting or fishing or specific states. I want to look for opportunities in Nebraska or Kansas. And you can make inquiries with landowners. That's the benefit of this is it makes it easy. You know, our tagline is the easiest way to access private lands for hunting or fishing or, you know, other outdoor recreation. We want to make it really, really easy for both the landowners and, you know, the demand side, you know, the sportsmen. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation. I think a lot of our listeners are going to be interested in this. And so hopefully you get a lot of Kettleman U members. And Yeah, it'd be awesome podcast listeners reaching out and at least inquiring and asking questions because you're right. It is a business. We talk about that a lot on this podcast. In order to ranch for the next generation, it has to be run like a business and profitability and unique income streams are something we have not really considered or tapped into in the ranching world, um, or we're just at the beginning stages and we need to be open and creative in ways to keep our families ranching. Well, look, you're totally right. This is the type of stuff, like what we're talking about here isn't new per se, Um, you know, like having people out and paying you to go on your land for, you know, hunting or fishing has been around for a long time. Making it easy to tap into that market has been difficult. And historically, it was only the big guys like the Ted Turners of the world who could hire staff and manage, build a website, market online and do all that stuff. Now we're bringing that to you know, if you have a section of land, you have 40 acres of land, you can just plug into us. So we're making it incredibly simple for every farmer, rancher, landowner to be able to have that ability that used to just be for the big guys. Uh, I think that's really powerful. And I'll leave you with one thought. Um, there was an article that was written about us recently in the Montana Free Press. And Ty O'Connor, I don't know if you know uh, that name, but they list with us too. And one of my favorite things that he had said about us is, look, we're just at the beginning of this thing. Eventually, you'll be able to support a family on an operation from just your recreation income opportunities through a platform like Land Trust. And that's what we're hoping to be. We're not a silver bullet, but we are a tool in the toolbox to drive profitability on farm and on ranch from an asset that you you already own. You know, So that's that's really what we want to be known for and what we want to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great quote. And I think it's so true. I mean, we've got to get creative and we want our kids to ranch. I think yes. that's a big thing. We want our kids and our grandkids and it's going to look different when they ranch, just like it looked different when my grandparents ranched. And so yep. we got to always be open to new ideas and new concepts. And so we are really excited about this. And I know you have a big impact in Montana and that's where we're at. I think, you know, people should just head to your website and check it out because yeah. 
anytime we can expand our options, the better. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you having me on and uh, thank you for the opportunity. And we hope to hear from some of your audience and we'd love to visit with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cattleman U podcast. Don't forget to subscribe at cattlemanulive.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to review when you get there. We are excited to learn alongside you and remember the grass is greener where you water it.